Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of Guardian and Gladiators. My name is Lozy, and always is with me is I don't know about this guy, but D, how are you? I'm good. What do you mean you don't know about me? Huh? <laughs> Come on, you should know pretty much everything about me by now. <laughs> wow, have you dug out of all this snow we've had this week? Oh. Crazy, eh? Back to real winter. We were spoiled there for a little bit. We hadn't been getting the actual winter snow in London, but here we go. We're back with snow right across the province, and I guess we were actually not so bad off. I think Toronto and areas like that got it even worse than us. So, Oh, yeah. But we're back and starting to get some promising news from the government about maybe things starting to open up a little bit. So hopefully... As the weeks go by, we start to hear more encouraging news in relation to our sports, and we can get you guys back out where you're supposed to be. Yep, I hope sitting, so. Sitting on the couch with your feet up, eating chips, and listening to Guardians and Gladiators, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of Guardians and Gladiators, we have a pretty exciting show this week. We are glad to be joined by a London athlete. Eric Pajot, and um, pretty special thing about Eric that we're going to learn this morning that uh, just gives you an insight into what kind of people these athletes are. All right, Lozy, it's going to be nice oh, to yeah. speak with Eric. It's- Good. And then after Eric, we also have another really special guest that we're, uh, we're privileged to have with us. Um, we're looking forward to speaking to the former Ontario Provincial Police Commissioner, um, Chris Lewis who has long-time involvement with Special Olympics uh, in a various, various different ways um, and has been nonstop in the public eye since he left the role of commissioner. And we'll find out a little bit more about that when we speak to him today. So Excellent. exciting, isn't it? Exciting, yeah. Exciting. All right. Well, we are going to come right back after this and get right into it with our first guest. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators, folks. So here we are with our first guest. He's a powerlifter, floor hockey, and golfer. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you. Good morning, Eric. How are you? I'm good. You? Good. Thanks for joining us on the show. No, not a problem. <laughs> so it, when did you start Special Olympics, Eric? I would have been in probably grade nine so about 17 18 years ago wow that's a long time yeah yeah what sport did you start with um i think it was softball i started with and where have you come since then what sports have you added since then eric uh then I got into powerlifting nine nine years ago, and then floor hockey, and then golf around the same time. I started golf nine years. Very nice. Hey. So before before this pandemic even came about, what what games did you qualify for? What for what sport? I qualified for provincials for weightlifting, but when the pandemic hit, it, it had to be canceled. 
and then I ended up getting hurt with a shoulder injury. And then my doctors told me I had to uh, quit. So I just said, you know what? Don't want to risk my body anymore on with weightlifting. So I don't regret quitting. I did my years of doing it, which I loved. But for my own health, I didn't want to risk getting hurt anymore. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's one of those sports, isn't it, where you can easily cause some damage to yourself. And yes, if you keep doing it and things don't heal up yes. properly, you're just going to get worse and worse, right? Right. And then and you get you get old like me and you start hobbling around and making noises every time you stand up because everything hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was my time to quit doing it. What, what other, what other come... Com, um, compromises that you got through Special Olympics? Uh, probably going to provincials for golf the first time. I enjoyed it. It was an awesome time. I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't win a medal. I was just honored to go. Mm-hmm. And, and probably then provincials for floor hockey too were we didn't win a game, but I was happy and honored to go. And I ended up scoring in my team's last game. Nice. But I was just honored to go. And bringing home a bronze medal was awesome. And just the atmosphere to be um, there is the main thing. Absolutely. Where did you go for your provincials for those, Eric? I was Toronto for the floor hockey, but it was in Mississauga. Yep. And for the golf, it was near Newmarket. Um, And then for weightlifting, it was supposed to be in Waterloo. Right. And then pandemic hit and everything shut down, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, we won't dwell on the negative stuff, right? Let's stay on the positive stuff. So that sounds yeah. like quite an experience. When you think back to your time at the provincials, you know, and you talk about the atmosphere and everything, what were some of the, the best memories you have from those provincial games? And I love, let me tell you, I love the fact that you don't care if you won a game or not. The experience no. was amazing. So, so what things stick in your mind from the provincials that, that were so great? Just the, um, yeah. You got to talk to people from other teams and stuff, like in their hotel, or you get to meet people. Was um, was a blast to meet people from other cities and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. We, Lozi, we hear that every week, don't we? About uh, every week. Funny how we talk to people and ask, you know, oh, tell me something, you know, great about your Special Olympics and you're expecting something about, oh, I got a hat trick one game or, you know, or the team won the, the championship once. But most times when we ask that question, it's about the friends that you make and and the experiences that you have. And that just that just says everything about Special Olympics, doesn't it? That's what it's all about. Yes. Yeah. Um, what have you been doing uh, during the uh, during this pandemic to keep being active? Um, I've been going for walks. I've gone skating uh, once to uh, get semester size. 
I've been walking a lot. It's just uh, to keep me from not sitting around doing <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I yeah. Eric, I heard something about there was there was um some some uh, events that took place up in Fort McMurray a few years ago, and um you know I heard something about your tie to these events. What can you tell me about that? It was was it wildfires? Is that what they had up in, yes. in Fort McMurray? Yeah. What can you tell me about your uh, relationship to that? Well, my uncle lives up in Fort McMurray, works for one of the oil companies up there. Mm -hmm. And when I heard about the wildfires, I said, I want to try to raise money to help the people up in Fort McMurray for the damages of their homes. And so I ended up doing a charity road hockey game where I did three games and all the money that we raised went to to um Red Cross. Red Cross and then it would go up, then they would send it to then the government would match and went up to Fort McMurray to help the Wow. Um, that's awesome. That's amazing. That that's what a great gesture. Good for you, Eric. That's amazing. I'm sure a lot of people up there really appreciated that. That was that's incredible. Well, that says a lot about you, Eric. It really does. So if you're Thank just you. uh, listening in, this is Guardians and Gladiators, London's only Special Olympics podcast. And we have Eric. Now, is it Pajot, Eric? Is that how you say your last name? Yes. Nice. Yes. That's, I use my, my high school French there to try and get the right pronunciation on that. <laughs> it's not an easy one to pronounce. No, I'll bet. Eric, are you work or I guess I know with pandemic things have shut down, but are you have you been working somewhere? We we like to speak um, to the employers. Um I work as a school crossing guard uh part-time. Nice. And then I work at Burger King as a cleaner, but since everything's closed, like they diner, they don't need me right now. So I've just been working uh, crossing kids to make some money to to help pay bills. Good. Now, so who is your employer when you're crossing there? Who is it you actually work for? Uh, Stinson Security. Excellent. So we really like to to recognize employers when we speak to athletes on our program, and and we really appreciate yep. employers who hire people with intellectual disabilities. So Stinson Security who I know people who um, are pretty high up, you could say um, so high up that maybe they might even be like kind of owners or something of the place. And I know that they are tremendous supporters of Special Olympics. Um, and that is amazing. And then Burger King as well for hiring you. Hopefully when things open up in the restaurants in the next week or two, that you'll get some hours back in there again. That's great. So that's great. We like to recognize our employers, don't we, Lozy? Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So Eric, during the pandemic with everything shut down, have you taken part in any of the virtual things that have been going on? I mean, we've all kind of learned how to do virtual things the last couple of years. Um, when I was trying to do the weightlifting, I did, but yeah. until the injury, with the injury, but no, I've been mostly just going for walks and, mm -hmm. and, trying to go out skating and stuff to get some exercise. Good. Good for you. Good. 
All right. Well, Lozi, I think maybe it's time for our, our athlete feature here. So, Eric, as Special Olympic athletes that we are, we follow an oath. Can you tell me that oath? Okay. Yep. Do you know the oath? Yeah. Can you say it for us, Eric? I'm trying to remember it. It's been <laughs> okay. so long since. Uh... Lozi can get you started here. He can say it with you. He's pretty familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. Let me win. Let me win. And if I cannot win. If I cannot win. Let me be brave in the attempt. Let me, let me be brave in the attempt. Nice. Can you tell us when you were braved in the attempt? Uh, probably uh, provincials. Like my first one, I was nervous. So, yeah. But yeah, I'll bet I got the, I got the jitters yeah. out early. Yeah. But... Cool. And you said you scored in the last game. And uh, Mississauga won, yeah. yes. Oh, that's sweet. And you got a bronze medal in one of them, is that right? On um, the floor hockey. Floor hockey, good for you. And those yeah. were fun games, weren't they? They had them combined with yeah. the youth games in Toronto, and yeah, it was a big event, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We were all there, weren't we? Lozi was there too. And yes. Yes, that was good. Yes. Excellent. Well, Eric, we really appreciate you joining yeah. us today. We, we, we've enjoyed hearing about it. Uh, congratulations again. That gesture that you showed with Fort McMurray was Thank really you. says a lot about you. So, you know, it, it's people like you that, that make Special Olympics so much fun and so much fun to be around. And thank you again for joining us. No problem. And we're hoping an to honor. see you back at uh, Burger King soon. Not that Lozi and I eat a Burger King. Thank we're you. very health conscious, right? <laughs> no, that, that's a good thing. I'm bad for it. I get, they give yeah. me free food and I hate the <laughs> Oh, we're, we're not any better, Eric. I'm just kidding. We're not any better. No, at all. no. no. <laughs> all right. Well, you take care, Eric. And thanks again for joining yeah, us. Thanks for all of me. Thank, thanks, Eric. No problem. Have a good rest of the day, guys. You too. And Lozi and I will be right back after this. Welcome back to Guardian Gladiators. What a what a great first guest we had of athlete Eric Percott. Now it's our second guest. He's a former commissioner of the OPP. Welcome to the show, Chris Lewis. Thanks, Lozi. Good to see you and Derek both. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm com calling in from a beautiful Florida. Now, I, I was going to say sunny, but it's not too sunny today. You had, oh, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. you don't have the but, sun as I look out and see <laughs> oh, another wow. three or four inches I need to shovel before I leave the driveway. I haven't held a shovel in my hand for a few months now. <laughs> what is it? What is it down there today? 105, 106? No, actually, it's only, <laughs> yeah, it's only about 17 Celsius today. Oh, that's geez. that's the coldest day I think we've had since we got oh. here. Uh, yeah, not too uh, bad, eh? Try minus seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> thanks anyway. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, thanks for joining us. As uh, my co-host Lozie said, there, former commissioner of the OPP, and um, Chris, I know that you do a lot of talking. You have a lot of uh, engagements that you go to. We see you on TV. We see you on social media, but I'm going to tell you, and I, and I hope this doesn't hurt your ego, but today I would like to focus more on another member of the Lewis family, 
that being your Perfect. brother, Robbie. Uh, Robbie, yeah. As we all know, this podcast is all about Special Olympics, and we are absolutely going to talk about your relationship with Special Olympics in your role as police commissioner. But I want to first let our listeners know about the member of the Lewis family that we don't hear enough about, and that's Robbie Lewis. Well, thanks for that. And uh, my, I don't have much of an ego, so don't worry. I guess we all have a little <laughs> bit of one, but, but uh, no, uh, Robbie is really the reason I got as involved as I did in Special Olympics and, and particularly the torch run. Uh, I participated like you did, Derek, uh, way back in the early days of torch run as far as just being a runner and buying a t-shirt, you know, and, and to be honest, I didn't really understand torch run Special Olympics. I, I didn't understand it all like I do now back then. I knew I ran in this thing. I got and I knew what it was for. I got a t-shirt. I knew up in Sault Ste. Marie, my baby brother, who's now 50, going to be 55 in March. Uh, I knew he, he skied in cross country uh, competitions in Northern Ontario. And I never really put the two together, but it was always Special Olympics. Uh, Robbie is a cross country skier. He's won a pile of medals over the years. He's been to the nationals a couple of times. He's qualified other years, but didn't want to go because it was too far away. <laughs> uh, but uh, certainly provincial games almost every year. Uh, and Special Olympics has changed Robbie's life. He went from very quiet, shy, uh, would seldom even talk to his brothers, let alone members of the public. Mm -hmm. um, he always walked and, and got a fair amount of exercise, but he didn't compete. He didn't challenge himself. And he certainly didn't talk to strangers in any way. And, uh, but Special Olympics changed all that. And he, uh, you know, I, I've watched him kind of from afar at Special Olympics events. And I see him talking and dancing and having fun with the other athletes. And, uh, and, and he doesn't really care if he ever wins. He's proud when he wins. But I said to him one time when he was going to, I think, Newfoundland, uh, for the Nationals uh, some years back. And uh, I drove him to the airport in Toronto. And, and I said, good luck, Rob. I hope you win a medal. And he stopped and looked at me and said, uh, uh, other people have to win too, Chris. I just have to try my best. Wow. You know, and I thought if the rest of the world had that attitude. Wouldn't um, that make this a better place? Eh? It would make it a better place. But that, that whole mantra of Special Olympics, uh, you know, just about doing your best. And, uh, and you know, uh, if you fail, it's, there's never a failure, really. It's all about participating and doing your best. And how's that ever a failure, whether you get a medal or not? But so anyway, he's, he's been uh, fortunate enough. And he trains hard enough that he's won many, many medals. And he, he, every time someone new comes in the house, or he lives in Northern Ontario with my brother most of the time, me a few months a year in Southern Ontario. But any new person that comes in the house, he eventually goes into the bedroom and he comes out wearing enough medals that if he ever <laughs> fell in the water, he'd never get out. Because uh, he is proud of them. Uh, yeah, but uh, sure. yeah, so, so that's Robbie. And that really got me more engaged and more involved the torch run in, in different roles over the years. Uh, and then as the director of the OECP uh, Torch Run Committee for mm -hmm. a few years. And, uh, and I still participate. Uh, either I always buy a shirt. I don't do a lot of fundraising. But, you know, I, I, do, I do throw money at Special Olympics uh, through the book sales. Mm -hmm. I wrote the book and dedicated to Special Olympics athletes, who it's all about. Um, and uh, a lot of speaking engagements and stuff. They'll say, you know, who do we make the check out to? And I'll just say, make it out to Special Olympics Ontario. Uh, so I do contribute all I can and still do run a bit more walking than running at this point in my life. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm there too. And, and I still believe it's the greatest movement in the entire world. And it's all about the athletes. 
Wow, that's great. And the, the support is definitely appreciated. I know that. You touched there on your book and um, and some proceeds from that going. Talk, talk to a little bit about your book. What What is your book about? Well, the book's about leadership. And, uh, you know, as a as a leader in policing um, and uh, in social different clubs I was in and sports as a, as a teenager, uh, I really developed a lot of thoughts about leadership uh, and the importance of it in terms of you know, the spirit of people. It's, it's more not necessarily about work. It's about inspiring people around you to be their best. And I talk a lot about that and as well in the work environment. And I talk about Special Olympics. As I said, at the front part of the book, it's dedicated to Special Olympic athletes. And uh, and I tell a story about Robbie in there. And, uh, and uh, so uh, I go around, I lecture as a result of that. If, I, if it's for Special Olympics or some organization like that, I'll do it for free. If it's to police departments, I charge them a bit. And, uh, but I, I enjoy doing it and spreading the message. But it always comes with the caveat, here's my book. And every time I speak, it results in more sales. And uh, it's it, not something that sells like if Barack Obama wrote a book or somebody, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I haven't put millions of dollars into the kitty for Special Olympics, but I've certainly given, given them several thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, every yeah. bit helps too, for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Luigi, when, when Chris was mentioning there about Robbie and some of his comments uh, about, you know, it doesn't matter if I win or, you know, I, it was more about how much fun I had. Did, does that take us back to something our first guest talked about today? Yeah, Eric. That's right. <laughs> and just so our listeners know, um, Chris here has no idea about our interview we had before Chris and because uh, we, we haven't aired this yet, but we were speaking with a local athlete here, Eric Pajo, and Eric was talking with some of his highlights as a Special Olympics athlete and going to the provincial championships and made a couple of comments, but we didn't win a game uh, and I didn't care. Like the, the most fun was meeting people from other cities and the atmosphere and just very, very similar to what you mentioned about Robbie and, and his experiences at, at the games. And it's, it just speaks volumes about um, the, the people that take part in this sport and how are in this uh, movement and how amazing they are. For sure. And, you know, from the physical perspective, as you know, Dr. Frank uh, taught us mm -hmm. years ago uh, that, uh, you know, the benefits of the physical side of it is tremendous Yes. Uh, but the social side of it, something I never understood initially until I went to opening ceremonies and I went to events and I saw metal presentations and, and, and the spirit and the, you know, the support of one another and cheering for one another, no matter how, who wins, mm -hmm. it blew my mind. And to see Robbie at provincial games and, and people uh, in national events and people from all over saying, hi, Robbie. And I thought, how does he know all these people from all over the place? <laughs> you know, but he did. And he talked to them and get up and dance with them and stuff like it. It just blew my mind at that positive impact it had on him and, and everybody else. So I'm sure Losey, you're the same. You know, it's just been such a wonderful organization. Oh, it is. It has been. Good. Yeah. Um, so another direction. How, how did you get to get the award of the Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee? Well, I got, I, you know, I, I got a few of those uh, over the years because there's been a number of diamond and different Jubilee medals and stuff. And as a senior officer in the OPP at the time, uh, the commissioner and the deputies decided kind of who was going to get one. A lot of us did it, so it wasn't like I or got it. It was, or it was more for kind of years of service or decades of service than running into a house and saving a kid in a fire or something. 
uh, was, uh, you know, but obviously you didn't get it if you're in trouble and if you weren't a hard worker and weren't a leader. Um, but, but then as commissioner, I got to hand out those medals to people that uh, uh, we had a committee to select who we'd given to people of all ranks, uh, people that were civilians and not necessarily police officers, but an important part of the team. Uh, and so it was an honor, but you know, it wasn't like for heroics or getting in a gunfight or any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, you touched a little bit earlier about uh, in your role um, with the OACP in relation to the torch run and kind of being like the, the head of the torch run as far as the OC, OACP go. It's been 35 years this year that the torch run uh, has been around in Ontario. We're celebrating our 35th anniversary. Uh, we're really excited about the year ahead. As you look back and you can, you have that unique perspective of seeing it from different angles, as far as from being the commissioner, from being involved with the OACP, as well as being, uh, you know, uh, um, a family member of a Special Olympics athlete. What makes that connection between law enforcement? you know, corrections, police, uh, all of those different uh, law enforcement agencies. What makes that connection between law enforcement and Special Olympics so, so important? Well, you know, law enforcement, and I'm glad you included people like corrections and Ministry of Natural Resources and many others that aren't police necessarily, mm -hmm. uh, but such an important part. Like I said earlier, civilians, uniform, yes. police, law enforcement, it's, it's, you know, it's a big family. And of course, committed to, to uh, doing things that are in the best interest of the public. And, and the decision was made years ago before my time as a member of OACP, uh, that OECP would uh, recognize Special Olympics as the, its charity of choice. And you can imagine a, an organization the size of OECP, how many charities are coming looking for assistance and support. And, and you know, they're all very important to public safety and, uh, you know, the betterment of communities and members of the community. But uh, so, that, you know, you could be giving money out every day to a different cause uh, and all very justified, but OECP decided that it was going to be Special Olympics. And so that decision was made several commissioners ago by OPP commissioner and then chief, I think it was Adamson in Toronto at the time and the chiefs of the day. And so as a result, every year that law enforcement torch run group uh, has raised you know, millions and millions of dollars and one of the biggest fundraising arms for all the Special Olympics in the world continues to be the Ontario Law Enforcement Torch Run pretty amazing and it really it brings for uh, police departments law enforcement agencies together in an interesting way because over the years we've become a little competitive at times over different decisions and law enforcement issues and you know who controls what turf and all that sort of stuff and it created some bad feelings here and there um and but when they're all everybody's at the torch run you don't know who's a civilian, who's a uniform, who's police, who's a guard in a correctional institution, federally, provincially, and on and on. All you see is a bunch of people wearing that law enforcement torch run t-shirt, cheering and, and helping the athletes, supporting them and, and doing their thing to raise money for the cause. Like it's a tremendous thing for athletes, but it's also a tremendous thing for the law enforcement world. Uh, to come together as a team to help the athletes who work together as a team. So like, I can't think of a better cause. Uh, it, my brother aside and the issues around that uh, for me as a family member and someone that loves his baby brother, uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's just a tremendous way of bringing everybody together on so many fronts. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because it's so, so true. I, I've, 
in my whole career, have gone to several different conferences, depending on which area of the police service I was working in, whether it was like a canine conference or a different conference. I've never been to anything like the torch run where you see that law enforcement ego drop. It disappears. Yeah. It's not there. You don't have people walking around sticking their chest out like my whatever is the best in all of the agencies or, or I'm this type of role. You're right. You don't know what rank somebody is. You don't know where they work really other than they're in law enforcement. And it just all disappears. It's, it's such a unique thing in the policing world or in the law enforcement world. It is, you know, and, and I worked a lot of what we call, and you know the term, Derek, joint forces operations or JFOs, where mm -hmm. different agencies will come together on a biker murder or whatever and bring their expertise and different ranks and, and skill sets and physical resources and everything together to try and solve a case or, or fight drugs or whatever the case may be. And so the law enforcement torture on, in my mind, is the biggest joint forces operation in the entire world because mm -hmm. it spans multiple countries. Uh, multiple agencies, the police, the law enforcement, and on and on, all different ranks, civilian versus uniform, to use that term, all together. Nobody gives a crap whether I'm the commissioner of the OPP when I'm out running and sweating beside them. The odd person in the OPP might and think, oh my God, I'm running beside the commissioner. Some of them had to carry me across the finish line. But, but it was important to me that, you know, as chiefs, uh, we could break that kind of stuff down. There's a time and a place for that. And it wasn't for the torch run. We're all together. So, I mean, you can quote me on that. It was the biggest joint forces operation in the entire world, involving thousands and thousands and thousands of people versus four or five on an operational JFO. Yeah, what a great way to look at it. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's so great. Cool. So are you... Uh... Are you back in Ontario any point in the next uh, yep. month, month and a half? No, I'm not actually. No? Uh, I'm not back till uh, the snow's gone. Yeah, snow <laughs> when the snow's gone. We live on Georgian <laughs> Bay, so I want ice and snow gone. Uh, and uh, we live out in Midland, Mid Midland, Ontario. And uh, so we're we're renting here till in Naples, Florida, till the first of April, and then we're slowly heading north. I've got my Harley down here, so nice. I get to ride it part way back, and then uh, dump it at a friend's place in uh, Carolinas, and then jump in the car with my wife and continue home. And uh, we're going to do that every winter, I think. Now I've got some health issues that. Uh, are a bit exasperated by cold and dry weather. And, right. and that's not an excuse for being here. I'm a retired guy and I can yeah. be here, so I am. Uh, <laughs> but but on a, from a physical perspective, I'm way healthier when I'm here. Right. Uh, and so so that's important to me. But, you know, I, the other day, I don't know if you saw it when I tweeted it, Derek, or posted it, but I was getting gas at a gas station mm -hmm. and uh, the video come on, you know, you'll see commercials and stuff on the pump. Yes. And it was Special Olympics. Yes. And it, it was the uh, Publix campaign. Uh, no, that's no. another one. And I went yeah. into Publix and uh, of course they, they uh, hit you up at the till for money. Mm -hmm. And the one day I went at Publix, there was some, uh, some coaches and some athletes standing there with their, their local special Olympics gear on and hat ball caps. They had a little desk set up and handing out pamphlets when you walked into Publix. Right. And so I stopped and talked to them, took pictures of them, you know, cause yeah. I'm just so proud of special Olympics. And, but there we are, you could have taken that scene, that picture and those faces and put any t-shirt on them from anywhere in the world, including Ontario, right. and thought, there's our Special Olympics. You so know, true. And, so oh, true. Just a, yeah. It, just, yeah. It, 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 it makes my, it makes me get, 
emotional just sometimes just seeing that because it's Absolutely. so important. That Publix campaign makes millions in the state of Florida. Every year they do that. It's a, it's a great campaign. We were for hoping sure. for something similar up here in the upcoming week, uh, starting next Friday and, re- and going through the weekend until the Sunday, 28th to the 30th, is our national Tim Hortons campaign nice. called Choose to Include Day, where there's going to be a special donut being prepared and all the proceeds from the purchase of that donut through the whole weekend will go to Special Olympics. That's fantastic. Um, so we had hoped to have some of our athletes out stuffing their faces with donuts because cops don't eat them. So the yeah. athletes would have to <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but of course, with the restrictions right now, we're going to have to switch to drive-throughs and deliveries and things like that. But we're... Uh, we're hoping for that. And one other little thing, I, and the reason I'd asked if you were heading back up is I was hoping to see a really good social media post from you on your Polar Plunge this year to join in with our 35th anniversary Polar Plunge taking place February 14th to March 21st, 35 well, days of plunging for the 35th anniversary. But well, I, I will can't plunge. Imagine, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine your plunge being too much of a polar plunge. No, <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, last year I did in British Columbia and uh, uh, people thought, oh, wow, it must be nicer in British Columbia. Well, I froze my bum off. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I had to walk out. There was I couldn't jump off something and then you're all wet and you get out again. I had to walk out and I had to walk out a few hundred yards to get to the point where I could actually dive in. And that was the most painful part for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it was freezing. People were on the beach watching me saying, who is this guy and what's wrong with them? You know, <laughs> uh, but, and, and of course the year before I did it in Georgian Bay, that about three days after the ice melted and it was cold there. So I will do something this year for sure. And I will post it, but I'll do it with a bit of humor because it might be 25, 26 degrees <laughs> Celsius when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I always, I'll always do what I can. Excellent. We'll Good look forward geez. to seeing what you come up with there. Great. All right. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you taking time out um, of the heat. Probably a good thing to get out of the heat for a little while anyways. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're glad it's we a, could help up here. We're in a know? bit of a cold spell, you know, it was down, it was down to 12, I think last night overnight. So, oh, wow. <laughs> well, well, thank you for having me, uh, Derek. Good to see you in that role. I sat on the committee that, uh, that interviewed and hired the last or two ago, uh, Cody, mm-hmm. uh, for the role way back then. And uh, so I, I wish you the very best. I know you'll, you'll do a fantastic job. You've been committed to Torchfront for many, many years. And Losey, uh, really nice to meet you. And uh, best of luck you to you too. going forward. And you're doing a great Thank job you. on this. And, uh, and keep doing what you do. So give my best to all the athletes and coaches, please. Will do. Will. Thanks Thank again, you. Chris. My pleasure. And Take care, guys. You too. Losey and oh. I will be right back after this to wrap up. Welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators. Well, that was another great episode we had today with with our first guest, with Eric from Special Olympics athlete to the former commissioner of the OPP of Chris Lewis. Great show. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, it's it's so refreshing to hear these stories. I love it every week. I will never get sick of this. You know, Chris is on, as I mentioned, he's on TV. I think it's CTV that he does some uh, crime specialist reports for. Uh, He does a lot of public speaking engagements, you know, but, and I've heard him speak many times, you know, but unfortunately it's usually about 
the policing world or the law enforcement world or, or about a shooting that happened or an investigation that they want to know more about and, and things like this. But to get to speak to him today about his brother and wasn't that funny. I don't even want to use the word funny. Wasn't that ironic that he starts commenting on Robbie's experiences going to national games and things and talking about what it doesn't matter. He doesn't care if he wins or not. And we just spoke to Eric who said the exact same thing. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's, that is, that is great there. I mean, it says so much about what this world of special Olympics is about, you know, and, and so inspiring. And as Chris mentioned, you know, if we had more people in the world that thought that way, just think how much better this place would be right now. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, that was a lot of fun. Um, it was nice of him to take some time out of his, uh, his 17 Vacation. degree weather. <laughs> <laughs> He's in probably shorts and a t-shirt. We're up here about to put on winter boots and gloves and a toot to go out and shovel the driveway. So, <laughs> oh, well, all I can say is our, our polar plunge up here is going to be much more refreshing than his will be. I think. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so speaking of polar plunge we've got that coming up starting february 14th so we'll speak a lot more about that as we get closer because our little podcast here has some big plans for polar plunge uh time don't we oh yes and we can't wait to tell you guys that's right we're looking forward to that but before that i mentioned to chris this weekend if you're listening make sure that you hit up one of your local tim hortons they will be uh, selling the Choose to Include donut. Um, and all proceeds from that donut will go to Special Olympics. So make sure you hit up your local Tim Hortons. Uh, drive through, walk in and grab a donut. In fact, you know what? If you're buying a donut, just buy a dozen because you're going to want more than one. And you probably have some friends you want to share them with. Right? Yeah. Take a picture. Post it on your social media. Use the hashtag Choose to Include. Uh, you're going to be able to look at that hashtag next weekend and see pictures from all across Canada of people with their choose to include donut supporting Special Olympics. So I'm excited about it. Uh, I know all of the law enforcement community are excited about it. And so are the special. Of course they will be. No, I mean, somebody has to show them these are donuts. This is, we're allowed to eat these because that doesn't happen. In the <laughs> I wish that was the case. I have your prototypical police officer. I love donuts. I don't care what kind it is. I love donuts. It's terrible. It's a, it's a weakness. It yep. is. And I blame the profession on it. They did it to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you will be out hitting up your local support. <clears throat> Lozy, and Oh, I will be good. So will I, we hope everyone listening to our podcast takes part, go and buy a donut, take a picture of yourself with the donut and post it on social media with the hashtag choose to include. So we look forward to that coming up this weekend. And we also look forward to another great podcast, another great episode of Guardians and, the Gl and Gladiators coming up next week. Until then, folks, enjoy your week. And stay safe out there. Stay safe. Stay safe.